0: So welcome everybody. I'm Kai Savatz. I'm here for another episode of All Access with the Newton Brothers with Taylor and Andy here joining me. Guys, it's so great to see you again. How have you been doing?
1: I've been great, man. We're so thank you for having us here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's uh so we're here to talk about Midnight Mass. It's such a, one of the best shows I've seen. I mean, in recent memory. I think what you guys did with Mike is just brilliant. And it's one of the most emotionally affecting series I've seen in a long time. And I really hope people who haven't checked it out definitely seek it out so let's uh but before we jump into that i want to play a little game that i kind of started i interviewed matt margerson and dom lewis who co-scored the kingsmen together and i always thought it was, since you guys are a traditional duo here let's play a little composer newlywed game and see how well you guys know each other <laughs> oh perfect i love oh, it pressure. Oh, so I'm gonna just start off. Let's see. Let's just do something simple. Taylor, what is Andy's birthday? Uh be April 27th. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. All right, Andy, your turn. What's Taylor's birthday? Uh Taylor shares jesus's birthday, December 25th. Okay. Wow. Christmas baby. All right. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. So Matt and Tom did not get that. One. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> All right. So what is uh uh Andy? What is Taylor's favorite? snack or like junk food that he goes to i mean is coffee
2: considered a junk food uh because i would go to i i would say it's going to be coffee or ice cream if we're getting really junky those would be his
0: two i would say
1: oh Very man good. that is spot on wow that's yeah that is right <laughs> that's in the money right there
0: so coffee, ice cream together, then you're in the, in the I'm money. I'm
1: okay with that too, yeah. <laughs> I usually like them separate, but I'll take them, no complaints. All right, Taylor. Andy, what is Andy's go-to, go-to snack or junk food? Uh, he's good about it these days. I don't really think, I don't ever see him actually eating it too often, but I'm going to have to say donuts.
0: Yep. Donuts, that's that's your
2: vice? <laughs> that's my go-to, yeah. Well, we, anytime we finish a project, I it, I it's always late at night when we're delivering the last of something and I drive to get donuts and I always order more than I'm going to eat. I get like <laughs> six and I have like a bite of all six of them. And then I feel sick <laughs> the whole next day, but that,
0: that is correct. Yes. Nice. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's do something a little bit musical. Uh, Taylor, what is Andy's favorite instrument?
1: Ooh, I think he himself is going to debate this one. Um, I'm going to say today, piano. But maybe growing up it was guitar, but today it's going to be piano.
2: That's an exact answer. That's correct. (laughs) Exactly right. Yep,
0: yep. (laughs) Andy, same thing. What is Taylor's favorite instrument? I think Taylor's favorite instrument is probably, it's probably
2: going to be like the combo of sitting at the piano or sitting at one of his 25,000 vintage synthesizers. I'm that is say nice.
0: probably. That's, yeah, that's,
1: yeah. And they're kind of. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That is that is true. All right, man. You guys know each other inside and out. I wouldn't expect anything less. But all right, let's wrap it up with uh, outside of music, outside of work. Uh, yes. Taylor, what is Andy's favorite hobby?
1: Oh, he is he is a lot. Um, but I would say today, being practicality, I'd say probably running.
2: That's it. this oh, morning. Yep. That's oh, it. nice.
0: All right. Yep. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Running, right.
1: running out, doing, doing the running.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Andy, what is Taylor's hobby uh, outside uh, of music and work?
2: He's really good about going to the gym, but also walking the dogs. Like it's a, it's like a subtle thing, but I think like, and actually like, he's always into walking his dog, even like, 15 years ago when we were working together he had a whole like thing with his dog about chasing squirrels and he'd be like get him get him and it was like a whole thing so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say walking the dog actually
1: oh man that sounds terrible you get all these like protests of human rights or or dog rights uh animal uh yes that was that's correct running walking the dog yeah his dog right. would never
2: get the squirrel to be fair it was more just like a fun
0: game i think yeah so it's, it.
1: it's a hound you know yeah
0: yeah <laughs> well perfect all right you guys clearly know each other inside now you guys work you're t- together all the time so i wouldn't expect anything else. um so let's yeah let's just jump into midnight mass uh it's one of my favorite series of recent memory limited series of course and um and, uh, but, you know, we've, we've talked in the past, we've had a few interviews, but for people who are maybe listening for, for the first time, you guys have an amazing collaborative relationship with uh, writer, director, producer, Mike Flanagan. So I'm curious, you guys have been working on all of his stuff since, was it Oculus? I think, was that the That's Oculus? That's right. Yeah. It Oculus. So t- just revisiting, uh, well, can you t- go, uh, take us through the time of how you
1: met Mike and how did you get involved uh, with working with him? Uh, we met Mike actually, uh, Oculus was the first time there was a bunch of composers going up for the job. Um, we were on the, on the list to meet with him and, uh, we had, uh, a, a connection, I believe with the music supervisor. And mm. so, uh, with that allowed us to have a meeting and, and then we just saw, they showed us a clip of the film and we just started kind of talking and, and we hit it off really well with the, also his, his producer, longtime collaborator, Trevor Macy Mm-hmm. And um, so we kind of all just really got along really well, and and I was really we were both really impressed by the film, and that sort of led the spark to other music, and you know uh, we're all we're all close in age and tastes and alike, so it just really really uh, you know in, expi- inspired sort of uh, more talking points, of course, which is which is great when you're first trying to get in there, and and it just it came really naturally.
0: Yeah. So Andy, would you like, was the chemistry like right off the bat, there was no growing pains or anything? Yeah, it was right off the bat. It was, it was
2: uh, we, we were off to the races w- with Oculus and it was just, it was fun to collaborate with, with Mike. He has good ideas. He's a musician himself. And uh, uh, it was just, that the connection was uh, the connection was, yeah. Like Taylor said, I think the fact that we have similar, like we were over at his house uh, pre COVID at some point and it's just funny, like, Taylor was, like, rifling through his, like, uh, vinyl collection. And, like, Flanagan's vinyl collection is the same as our vinyl collection. Like, we like <laughs> all the same, like, you know, obscure and popular sort of things, both film and non-film related.
0: So, that's uh, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you guys have done, I mean, everything you've worked on, I've, I've, I mean, I just absolutely love, because I, I, even though, I guess, the genre that you guys would be working in is horror with him, I, I kind of hesitate to call certain stuff, stuff that you work on, like, horror, horror, even Midnight Mass, even though it has horror elements and takes a lot from the genre, it's such a character-driven, emotional, dramatic thing. And and you guys definitely, I mean, break that box of what a genre can be. So let's jump into Midnight Mass. Um, uh, Everything about the whole series just feels so meticulously crafted. And I I think that goes with everything that Mike does. So I'm curious um, how that kind of extended down to the score. how, were the kind of first discussions of, because I know he's been wanting to make this for a while. I mean, he was dropping Easter eggs about this and like, you know, Gerald's game and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Wh- wh- why did it take so long to get to this point? And what were the co- first conversations? When did you learn about this and started working on it?
1: Uh, he, he had mentioned, mentioned it off and on, as, as you said, and projects that came up um, and he didn't really get into details about it, you know? And, um, and until it was brought up about possibly making it at least brought up to us it's even possible that he might have maybe got close to making it other times i'm actually not certain on that Mm -hmm. um but uh essentially he started chatting with us about about it i know he i feel like it's been in his head and and he's probably had variations of it for probably 10 or 12 years, if not yeah. longer, right, Andy?
2: Something like that? I think so, yeah. I think he, he I think he had had the idea for quite a while, yeah.
1: And so it's, yeah, and then Mike in general is very, he's very meticulous with his, you know, cause he's a writer, he's an editor. So he comes from um, so much expertise in all his backgrounds. He's done them all at such a high level that I feel like this particular one is very close to him personally. Um, and so he would a lot of things that, uh, you know, maybe experiences or stuff that he felt that that would, you know, a part of him and this and so um, it meant a lot to him. So the music obviously needed to be exactly right. And I think originally, I believe we were only going to do hymns and no score, it was mm-hmm. going to all be hymns. And that, like many things, you know, things change as you're going about it. So sure, sure. It, that then expanded to the score and um, but Mike was very, very, very specific about certain hymns he wanted to use, um, about them sounding, Andy, I'm sure Andy will tell you about the authenticity of them sounding humble and not being just this incredibly professional choir because it wanted to sound like it was genuine. So I think there were so many elements of that all the way through. And that, of course, translated to the score because the score really needed to match, match the, you know, the, the, the choir and sort of that. The, the the feeling of being on the island and stuff and, and andy was there so i mean he was he he is very yeah. i recognized that organist pretty quickly <laughs> there's timmy timmy the organist i was like
0: oh there's andy <laughs> well quickly yeah. yeah quickly andy how did that come? i mean i love seeing composer cameos i think the like the biggest one i've seen was Display, i think in monuments men who had like a full-on you know yep. character but i'm curious I, did you did mike was like hey you want to be in this or were you like hey can i jump in like how did that come up
2: <laughs> yeah it came up uh we had a call about this i think a year before they went into production or 6 months um and he just said well, well i i want one of you guys to to be the organ player and it just ended up being me because i i grew up in the catholic church so i already knew all of the hymns so um that that's sort of how it happened, and then uh, when COVID came up, it was a little tricky. It was almost like it wasn't going to happen, uh, just because it was tricky to to get up there. But um, but it all worked out, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, yeah, it was wild. It's super stressful. I have such huge respect for production. Like the chaos is just like. Uh, I mean we all deal with chaos so it was good to see their chaos cuz I like I prefer my chaos here where I like know the chaos cuz the chaos on the set <laughs> is just it's wild and it's not like an uncontrolled chaos it's just like there's a lot of things that all have to converge at at once you know and it's like it has to happen in this window of like and rolling and you're just, oh, like, you just know. like oh god <laughs> yeah oh god yeah he definitely knows
1: man he's he's in on it he knows that stuff yeah, yeah there,
2: there's the near my god to the scene uh that's you know that's sort of a one of the pivotal scenes sort of towards the end and we're all standing out there looking the way we look based on what has just occurred and uh I remember they had they have like three of the main cameras and they would always like I was always like off to the side of a main camera never on a main camera we're out in this field And I'm singing what everyone is following along to because I've got the track in my ear. So I'm singing so everyone can match what I'm singing. And uh, Michael Fimignari and Flanagan are standing there figuring out something. And the three main, two of the main cameras get set like this is going to be on Henry Thomas. And then this is going to be on Michael Trucco. And then Flanagan goes, we have one more camera. And Fimignari is like, let's put it on Grush. And it's so (laughs) nerve-wracking because then this big crane comes in you've got this huge I don't like attention ever so the camera's in your face and they're like that's great you know and then Flanagan (laughs) says good luck with that and he walks away that's what he said and I I I looked over at Henry Thomas like kind of kind of nervous just about like what was about to occur and Henry's great because he's just so professional but also just so carefree Uh, he knew I was stressed and he just gave me a look and he just said it will all be fine. And he liked the <laughs> thing with his hand. He said, it will all be fine. And then he went back to character, you know, and he's in this big emotional thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's so awesome. that was a longer story. No,
0: that's me. a, that's an amazing little story from the yeah. set. That's amazing. Lot um, of fun. Yeah. So, uh, but jumping back to the hymns, uh, talk about that process. And he's, I mean, you mentioned that Mike had hymns in mind and I'm sure you were very familiar with them. So talk about the process of choosing the hymns and then at what point, whether was it through spotting or whatever, did you decide like, oh, we're going to need score at at a certain point? I, th- I it was
2: like it was literally a middle of the week phone call from Mike at like ten o'clock. He called and 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 said, hey, so you know we're getting in. You know everything's been shot. The hymns are in. Things are working. The hymns are working. Um, and he just said, I I think we need to explore some score, and kind of gave us carte blanche to you know, was opened. I told us what he didn't want it to be. He said, it's, Mm. you know, it can't be this big, overly broadcasted, like dun, dun, dun score. It needs to be, it needs to be what the island is, you know, and that's, um, I felt very grateful to have been up there because I don't know that I would have fully translated what the island was without being up there. Like the attention to detail of even an umbrella, like not just an umbrella when they're, out in town like fixing a generator but a specific umbrella because they're used to the rain unlike us in LA who like lose our mind with like right. a little rain, right yeah. and that translates to the score in that that's how the performance the performances need to be the people of the island like nothing can be that's not to say things should sound bad it's just that things should be um, imperfect in a way that like you know every Monday morning is imperfect for every human on the planet you know it's just like things aren't going exactly how they should so that was sort of the beginning of the process
1: and the priest too when there was a priest on set so it, yeah. it was like the, the the authenticity level of certain things and running it through we really wanted the same on the music side with the score even though we did our you know went into our own some of our own things we still wanted the basics to have you know we use organ we use harp and we use some of our chord progressions kind of go into this similar stuff that some of the hymns do. So that way, we feel cohesive, and I think that was, you know, intentional.
2: Yeah, and there's now, a great there's a great scene where uh, Mike wanted to use "Holy, Holy, Holy" as a montage piece, but wanted it to start as source. So, like, mm-hmm. we're in church, and there's I don't remember, but maybe it's supposed to be a smaller uh, attendance, like ten people singing "Holy, Holy, Holy," and it transitions into a montage. So the hymn then transformed from being people in church to being score but elevating it just a little so that it doesn't all of a sudden sound like this odd shift but just kind of subtly goes from humble people singing to humble people with a few professional singers I love I
0: love, I love no I love when that happens when it's done so well when you go from like diegetic to non-diegetic and it's just yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and it hits you emotionally like that. So was there like a roadmap of like you he, he mentioned that he wanted that specific hymn for that scene, but was there a roadmap of like where these hymns are going to be placed and then talk about recording them because you uh, made it, the score and the hymns all work, you know, they all seem coming from the same place and everything. And what was the uh, the technique or the approach you wanted for the hymns and how they were recorded?
1: You, yes and yes. We we it was in a script. Um, oh, okay. the hymns, most of the hymns were in a script. And uh, we ended up actually writing. Andy and I would be singing on them all the parts, and we made these mockups, and then we they'd use those for timing to mm-hmm. sort of you know get the timing of you know the beats and here and there. And then of course when Andy went up there and he was on set, that just solidified it as more of like a musical director position and that aspect, making sure that all you know it all worked and stuff. But that that's pretty much how the it's it sort of. I mean, Mike was very specific about growing and about it, you know, kind of going from this humble beginning to becoming more perfect, more perfect or less perfect. And I think that was, I mean, he had that already set up early, early on. We just experimented with size and different things, rooms. And then I'll let Andy tell you about the recording because oh boy, that was, <laughs> Andy yeah. lost his voice. Andy, Andy actually had to go to the doctors. Oh no. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Mike was very specific. Like the script would read, like "near my God to thee," it would read, like "near my God to thee." Boom, insert like what's happening in the scene. Like uh, next line of the of the hymn. Boom, what's happening in the scene? Next line of the hymn. What's happening? And I I, I want to say that we we I mean I would I want to say Mike executed that a hundred percent. I think in the show with where it was. Holy, holy, holy was another one. It was like they're singing in church, like. priest is doing his thing everyone's doing their thing boom and then we cut outside and then we go to Riley and then another you know verse of the hymn is is written out in the script so it was very uh Mike had a very specific idea of how that should go even even at the the potluck um that was happening I was on stage uh doing songs and at one point Mike said hey Grush (laughs) let's talk out the timing because he wanted a specific part of uh, the song to, if you could read my mind, he he wanted a specific part of that song to be happening while uh, characters on screen were walking. So like the stage is way in the background where I was playing, but he wanted to make sure that like what was happening on stage was a specific lyric that wasn't scoring the scene necessarily but he wanted that lyric to be a part of the scene which is crazy you know so then we you know i start playing the song and he's like okay let's walk it out like and so he and i are walking with the acoustic guitar where the actors would walk pacing out the scene it was, and it was super fun go. And yeah go. yeah it was real fun
0: <laughs> so <laughs> when did you lose your voice at what point did your voice just give out
2: i lost my voice at some point i've always known this um when you sing like whisper you know the asmr like when you you know when you sing sing like that it's very bad for your voice um and i was singing at one point i mean there are stacks of 80 tracks of my voice uh and in some cases like there's a there's kind of a more moody track uh called come darkness and uh i had to redo it for timings like everything was was cool at one point and then we had to redo it for timings and then we had to redo other things and change keys of things so eventually i started having some weird pain in my throat because this was going on for months and i ignored it and got through it and it was done and then i went and saw a doctor and they scoped me and were like oh so here's what's going on i was like oh man anyway it's all fine now but it was it was uh it was the most singing I've done in a long time. (laughs) I bet. I
0: mean, and and it's a way, I don't know, the way it sets the mood and the atmosphere and the tone, it's just like everything just works so seamlessly. And I, and I think just a credit to you guys and before it's Mike's direction and how everything is so meticulous, like every, seems like, as you mentioned that umbrella, it makes so much sense because like every camera movement, every edit, every, you know the blocking; everything seemed just so meticulous, but it never felt like robotic. It still felt natural and organic, which is something that I credit like like the Coen Brothers to doing. It's very yeah. I love yeah. that that way of make. It really feels like you're you're sitting for a story that's was you know crafted to be told. So it was a, an amazing experience. So there was plenty of scenes um, where action dictates the flow of the scene. Yep. Uh, but the, but the show is all about the characters and the emotional, and spiritual journey. So and there's two scenes that I absolutely love. And I think that stand out and of course one is uh Joe Colley's forgiveness scene yep. oh, yeah um, which is which scoreless and then there's the what happens when we die monologues towards the end of the series which yep. were scored so I'm curious um, <laughs> how you approach uh, you know what, what what went behind this decision of keeping Joe Colley's scene kind of without music but then introduced very kind of it was very you know light-handed touch with the the monologues at the end but those were there was was just so emotionally devastating in completely different ways. But like, I I just am curious how the approach of scoreless and we're going to use music here kind of went
1: went in. Yeah, I think, you know, again, Mike is very specific about usually what what he's going after. And he's already, you know, he's already thinking with it as he's filming and or writing it. And I think sometimes in those monologues and even in different shows we've done with him, he has an idea of music. So we'll discuss that with him. And you know, if Andy and I feel, especially early on, if we feel strongly about like, oh, maybe music would be great in this, we'll throw we'll throw them an idea. Mm-hmm. But usually, you know, we're chatting about it with them back and forth, and and I think you know, certain scenes were deliberately dry, and then of course, um, you know, the end the end was obviously. Um, uh, that was a funny story actually i don't forget that email and you should tell you should say that i'm, I'm laughing thinking about that
2: oh yeah so, so you know <laughs> it's all sort of it's it's all a process like there's there's no right or wrong answer um right. at any point so it's kind of just our job to try things execute what people ask us to do but then do what we think might elevate it more and sometimes we achieve that and sometimes we don't um Kate's and it, In this case, yeah, in this case for the, that scene, uh, it's uh, Were You There? Well, part of yep. it is Were You There? It's like a version of Were You There. Right. Um, Mike had asked us to do like a stripped down piano <laughs> version of it that's very sort of just very open. And um, we did that. We did that. And then we also did a version that was bigger and more filled out. Um, and we sent it to him and at first uh, usually you'll just he could just hear the audio at first before he puts it into his avid so at first he was like oh the piano one is great this other one is way too big like that's that's not going to work at all and then he sent us an email I don't know I don't, it was a few a few weeks later that that said like you guys the subject said you guys suck and uh and then in the email it said uh, I'm sitting here bawling my eyes out like I didn't think this piece of music was going to be right for this. And it really, it really worked. So, you know, thank you. And, you know, what, anyway, so it's it's nice to have things like that uh, work out because, you know, you're it's it's all a process. And it's nice to hear that it resonated with you as well. I think it's that whole every everything about that, yeah. the acting, the writing, the it just it all oh, it all it really so came good. together. Good. Yeah.
0: I mean, my favorite the, sequence, yeah. the gentle, just the gentle push in throughout the whole oh. and the, and the way they parallel each other and and you know and I, and I it's a testament to the series you know for anyone wondering it's not like pro-religion anti-religion you know you have a, a kind of it's just about the human journey and you know I myself as an atheist I, I completely connected to it and it was just the most devastating emotional thing but also just the ending and how it wraps everything up and I don't want to spoil <laughs> really anything because it's it's a it's a series that needs to be watched and discovered and, and experienced and um yeah
2: you know, yeah and I,
0: then the the the
2: the Robert Nannara scene, the the Joe Colley thing. I mean, that just was so. I remember the first time I saw that scene, I was just, yeah. What happens in that scene with the with the oh two of them God. is just, it's just. I mean, they're it's, both incredible actors, and you you just like you yeah. feel like you're in it. You're transported there with them in that moment. It's and that's a tough like, oh, that's a tough thing to do. You know, that's I can't even imagine.
0: Is. I can't even imagine filming that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just wow. like. The, the emotional i mean it's just so raw and, and authentic and, and i think the the correct choice was no score because it just felt so yeah. it would have taken you i think out of those performances and 100 yeah Agreed. yeah yeah absolutely i do want to mention another kind of thing and I, i'm trying to remember was it the way every episode ended was it i can't remember if there was end credits music on every episode but there were some episodes that just kind of the scene it felt like the scene just continued and then and the credits would roll and I know there's no music on like the one that I always remember is there was a you know was a big death and then you just hear the the crying and the wailing and the 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 water lapping up on the boat and yeah. and it's like that that pause there where you're just reflecting on that episode. And and was there ever a discussion of putting end credits music to these episodes or were, were that that idea of letting the scene kind of continue just sonically underneath the credits? I mean, that that were a discussion of like, did that come later from it?
1: Was that Mike's intention from the beginning? uh i don't know if it's his intention from the beginning it may have been but i think when he definitely saw it he, he knew that like oh this felt good because you have to kind of it's so especially the later episode you have to take it take it in what happens so much yeah. you're just like it's super heavy and it's so it's very think, heavy yeah i think i think you know it, it worked really well sort of having a moment and because we talked about um all kinds of different ways to ha- use music and stuff and i think And, you know, we decided and and Mike had the intention, like, let's, let's kind of be subtle there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And there's, I think there was an episode, I think that it was the end of episode two and the mixer who we've worked with on most of Flanagan's stuff as well, Jonathan Wales, who's doing the mixing of the music and the sound design and all the things he had like concepted this like cool idea at the end of, I think it was at the end of two um, and it's just fun to see like everyone in this process, like doing things that like really elevate the process. And I, I think he had, I think he's responsible for some of that cool sort of yeah. weirdness yeah. at the end of episodes.
1: And it's interesting, you, you know, because I feel like, you know, other movies we've worked with and other composers, you know, you give, you traditionally give your stems as you know, to the mixer, right. they mix in the stems and they, you know, it, with Jonathan, you know, he's mixing, especially for Midnight Mass, he's mixing the choir, he's mixing the score, he's mixing everything. And, you know, we'll chat with him about it uh, on a creative level. Like, wouldn't it be cool to do this or pan this? Or or maybe we should, you know, sort of have like a retard here. And like, you know, he. we go back and forth. So it's like another layer of another person sort of working in that, you know, creative process. So it's, it's, it's really nice to have that, you know, team effort.
2: Yeah, and there, there should be a documentary, actually, on what happened. Our music editor, Snacky, who's just in, was like, a, a, like a genius to what he does. Snacky and Jonathan would work together with all, like, in some cases, we would have 200 tracks of, like, vocals, wow. various things going on to just create sort of the ambiance. And, I mean, Snacky had worked out this crazy situation where, you know, we didn't want to tune vocals. Like, we didn't want them to sound good. But there's also like sometimes you want to make sure things are aligned, like not sounding too bad. And yeah, and Snacky would just get into this like scientific experiment of like <laughs> lining up 200 vocals all singing the same word. But so that they don't all sound like they're on a grid or anything, you know. And right. it's just, anyways, they, they could literally do a documentary just about what the two of them did on Midnight Mass, I think.
0: That's amazing. I, I love hearing the, it, it, honestly, the past two interviews I've had have been a lot of love for music editors because I interviewed Lauren Balfe. He's like, credit my music editors for a lot of stuff. And Natalie Holt for yeah. Loki. I credit yeah. my music editors. Like it, they do so much and they're such an integral part of the team. And I think they, you know, they kind of get pushed aside sometimes from the spotlight, but they are, you know, they can work magic as well. <laughs>
1: 100%. They're,
0: they're, 100%. Yeah. They're crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Crucial. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm curious, you know, this take that Mike did on kind of the vampire mythology is significantly different than anything I think we've seen in pop culture. And it very much was able to stay away from the traps and the tropes of, of the genre. And I'm as composers, any of you guys, have you know, you've done a lot of you're so versatile, but you've done a lot of work in horror as well. So I'm curious when you have, you know, is it hard to essentially reinvent the wheel every time you know to or maybe you don't even see it as reinventing the wheel but like if you come into a project and you go okay we have all of film history behind us and horror is such a you know visceral kind of genre where you kind of music is kind of very memorable is it difficult to come up with something new and a new way to build tension or a new way to even lead up to a jump scare or anything like what's kind of the process in
1: your head when you're tackling these new projects every time I think, I think was, you know, what's great with Mike too, is he allows us to try crazy stuff, especially early on. And he, you know, he's, he sort of, uh, pushes us to try more things like that. Um, and most of his stuff, as you know, even though it's centered and I feel like promoted is horror, it's really like a drama
0: or yeah. it's not like I mean? full, it's not a full on horror. When you say horror and you think of, you know, like, a. Uh, you know, like a Conjuring, which are fun. They're great, fun movies. Which are great,
1: yeah. Which I yeah, so and, 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 well I Bashar's score, and I love James Wan and the whole universe. But yeah, it's great stuff. But yeah, that's just not yeah Mike's style. I feel like he has these different genres within genres of of you know filmmaking filmmaking, and so I think it allows us to not have to play it so much like a like a, a traditional horror score, which is great right. because you you know you can have melody and you can have these these emotional elements. And then when I think with, you know, the horror stuff, he, he's such a fan of that growing up on the same movies that we are that, you know, he, he himself doesn't like the, the giveaway, the traditional like sting. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it's nice to have that sort of, you know, cause we've been on films where like, we want this to be the loudest jump scare, the biggest jump scare. And, you know, and you're just like, all right, cool. But try it this way. Here's this other variation. What do you think? And, right. and so, you know, it's nice to have Mike, um, Push for that, so I and I and I think that's very different about his stuff that he allows us that. So I, um, I I think going in, we we always know that that's there. I think the part that's for any any movie is coming up with like, well, what is what's DNA of this movie? What's the DNA of this thing? And it really helped us to use the environments, the ocean, and this sort of tension and and this kind of um, like something's off, but you don't know quite what it is. with the score as we played and then we have this other piece that's more geared to like faith and 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 believing and you know what is that and i think we wanted something that edged a little bit more traditional and so we we tried some stuff and and i think it's just nice to have um you know a a team a teammate and team player who allows you those things absolutely and um
0: and just speaking a little bit more on horror, you know, maybe jumping out of Midnight Mass for a bit, I want to kind of maybe use The Grudge as an example because I think you, I mean, you guys did, uh, you know, the The Grudge from twenty twenty, which is uh, which was a prequel sequel to a remake of a Japanese film series. And if you combine the Japanese installments as well as the American ones, you have like, it's intimidating, right? I mean, how like, oh, yeah. when you look at something like that, like, you're like, okay, what the hell can we do that hasn't been done before? In that situation, is it how different is it when you're like, okay, how do we? come up with a new way to to do this you know <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it it's it's stressful
2: because you you know you there's never a there's never a moment where you're like cool i got i got this i know the thing i'm gonna <laughs> the thing with the thing and like yeah because we're the horror guys it's like <laughs> it's like i i i wish it was i wish it was like that unfortunately um it's all like the grudge and dr sleep are really good examples of like you know like doctor sleep it's like oh no big deal this is like taking off from the shining sweet like piece of cake like how do we do that but not do that do the new thing and then the grudge the same thing to your point like there's so many offshoots of things to go from and you know most of the time it's usually like a week of taylor and i like complaining to each other not complaining but like what are we going to do? let's, I don't know. I'm going to try I don't know. And it's kind of like, it's stress. I feel like that's the most stressful part is usually that those early stages, but it's also the most fun, you know, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I think that those are the, you know, if you're just sitting around on a chair all day, drinking lemonade, like (laughs) eventually that gets boring, you know? So, and I think that like the excitement of like being scared of each one of these is really fun. And, and honestly, like, it's it's like this in life like you do more when you're not scared but when you're you know trying to do, yeah when you're pushed out of your boundaries and it's yeah. that's an easy thing i think to say just like oh like push yourself outside your boundaries but the reality is like our human body and spirit doesn't want
0: to be pushed out of it but we need to be well, yeah we're creatures of habit so when you're 100 you know, yeah so, that, that fear but yeah but that's the whole that's how you move forward as you creatures. Push, you jump out yeah. you
1: know, <laughs> creatures. Yeah creatures of excessive coffee drinking <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> and ice yeah cream. yeah and ice cream. yeah ice cream. so it's a good so I, I think it's the challenges are um i i think we enjoy those challenges it's like really exciting to like jump into those and go like okay well what's the what's the thing like what are we it, gonna do
1: it's it's the best when when you know because we didn't start off in, in in horror and it's the best when like it's something that's not horror that's like you know it's a giant action thing or a comedy or something and they're like oh wow i didn't know like yeah yeah it's just like yeah everybody loves everybody loves you know to, to mix it up
0: absolutely and and, and horror is such a I, I love it as a genre and uh i know we are h- horror focused and i don't want to make it seem like that's all you guys do you do some great no, stories no, and, no, no, no. and drama and other things but i know we're talking midnight mess but i think horror as a genre of music it allows for so much just kind of weird experimentation you're trying to find nice. different sounds that are not like aesthetically pleasing and stuff yep. like that I mean this this series I, every time I hear the cello just it's just like a you know, pit in my stomach kind of comes up and that's, so, yeah, that's Andy flying away so I'm <laughs> curious was uh what are some of the most unique kind of non-traditional instruments you've used whether it's on midnight mass or something else that really kind of are memorable like it's something that the uh, sound that you sample that's like it kind of it's, created something a cool effect. Is there anything or anything that made it into Midnight Mass? I mean,
1: yeah, every, you know, we like you we get really excited about uh whether it's science fiction or horror being able to to kind of push those boundaries of weirdness with mixing with traditional with with sort of this non-traditional. We love the, doing that kind of stuff. And uh it's funny enough, I was actually walking my dog and there were these are <laughs> these, pe- these peacocks. Typical. <laughs> you know, there are these peacocks just like like making all these noises and there was probably i don't know maybe like 30 peacocks in the trees where i was walking and um they were just like talking to each other and like communicating and it was really disturbing it was like this like this like crying yeah,
0: and for anyone who doesn't live in la there are neighborhoods that have peacock populations so
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> know Taylor's not in some exotic island somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> i wish no yeah it's it's uh it was crazy so i just recorded them and uh I, I kind of, we played with some of the pitching and we made a sample library. Uh, we, I also took some recordings of some pigs and we use that. That was a lot of the stuff in the grudge. You'll hear these like really weird off-putting sounds um, out of Pig nowhere. Pigs are terrifying. Like they're,
0: uh, yeah. because yeah. it sounds like they're dying and you can just be like <laughs> holding one and they're like, what? like screaming bloody murder so it's yeah it's a a very terrifying sound
1: (laughs) for sure so we yeah we use a lot of that but the peacocks kind of like became a thing like you know the director who was nick Pesh he was awesome to work with and he was like where where what are those are those they're those birds let's use those."
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Um, there's all 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 those fun things are are good to do and it's always a gut check but on doctor sleep there's a lot of uh uh, Danny is plagued by the sound of the wind in the, in the book of Dr. Sleep. And so like right away, we we're like, oh, well, we can use wind instruments. But like after about 12 seconds, we were like, well, that's that's not like that's not real creative. What else can we think of? After a few weeks, we kind of came up with this idea that like he's scared of the wind. But wind is like egoless, whereas like if you play an instrument, it not only has your ego, but it has your lessons that you took and your mood that day into it so then we got into this idea of a wind harp which basically just sits there and there's no human input Um, and uh so there's a big one in san francisco and we were like well maybe this is a waste of time but let's let's go up there so um i went up there one saturday morning just to see if it would be even feasible uh and it was it ended up being the whole it was the first cue we had approved actually and it's in the whole jack torrent scene at the bar um and it plays basically one take by itself for eight minutes was just the wind blowing it wasn't from that session when i flew up we then hired like a professional recordist to go up and record it and it was like around new year's day and i had i'm friends with a lot of the 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 meteorologists here in la so i'd hit them up and said like hey can you let us know when there's going to be a wind event in san francisco um and they hit us up and said there's going to be a wind event it was a few days before new year's and we got the guy up there with the thing to do the thing. And that was, uh, that was it. So it's uh, yeah, all kinds of, I mean, pointless, but very uh, specific.
1: I remember, I remember Andy was like, let's, you know, let's just put this on the soundtrack because there was this, there's a scene where there's wind and, you know, Mike was like, yeah, let's put on the soundtrack. And it's just, it's just wind. And so (laughs) I I checked in to see that, you know, uh, that, Oh, Warner brothers released the soundtrack. Let's, you know, let's see, and so I went and I saw, and like one of the first comments was like, Wow, wind! I guess epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's great, dark, you know, oh, it's dark. <laughs> Gotta love it. I don't
0: know if you've been up to uh Marco Beltrami studio, he has a wind harp up in Malibu, and I think uh, he he. he he has something out there he had like a piano or something just sitting out there rotting in the wind and he uses that for rotting in the sun and the rain and he uses that for weird instrumentation but he has a wind harp there and it's all over the score for the holmesman and i think he did something similar where he just had a track because i mean it, when you mic it and you get all these interesting textures and yeah and it's just it's such a kind of almost tran- transient like you know you're in a trance almost when you're listening to it and sure. you're just isolated with it it's 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 pretty unique yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> on, yeah. But definitely,
0: yeah, do you hit a Bill I'm sure, you know, he's past Neptune's net somewhere down there. He has a little, little, haven up there with all these crazy instruments <laughs> we go up there actually we should go up we'll bring him coffee donuts and ice cream and yeah we'll, there you uh, go yeah good little <laughs> group hang yeah um so looking back at midnight mass are there any scenes and we talked about a few scenes but are there any scenes uh, to each of you that were very kind of rewarding creatively rewarding to do that afterwards you did and you're like okay we nailed that that, that feels good is there anything
1: that really stands out from the project um Yeah, I mean, obviously there was, yeah, I mean, you know, the scenes that you, we've already mentioned those, that last scene obviously really affected me emotionally watching it and the music that Mike liked worked that just really, uh, I mean, because I remember watching it and I was at the very end and I was like, you know, like, wow, that's just really resonates that all of it coming, coming together. I think on another scene, there was sort of this, uh, when the father sort of getting like agitated and he's walking around at night. And mm-hmm. there's this music that comes on that and it's, it's one off the, I think it's off the track Power of Faith. And it's sort of this constant momentum with this harp. Uh, and then we have this weird instrument in there called a theravox, which is kind of like a cross between a violin and, and sort of a, um, uh, what's it called? I'm uh, <laughs> blanking on it right now, but like uh, the, the theremin. Thank there, you. The
0: theremin, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we use that and, and um, with, you know, we had an amazing the orchestra playing and a harp player. And, and it was just, it was just great. And so I feel like the momentum, and it had sort of this feeling of like believing in, and believing in something and God. And, and he was, you know, he was really, really passionate about, you know, trying to do right. Yet he was doing so much wrong, you know, what yeah. I mean, and he was sort of, he was sort of fighting with himself and you could, you could just feel the agony in him. And I, which I think we've all had moments of some small way I felt. So I was just like, Oh my god, this is working out so great, you know, so well. And and Mike obviously he 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 liked it. So it was like we're like, woo, you know, this, this is good. Yeah, and, and I think for
2: me, um, it's a stranger scene. It's the beginning of episode two. It's the first scene that I like scored to picture. Um, and it's the scene with all the dead cats on the beach. Uh, oh, yeah. that long one take, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. just so there's so many things about it, like great like the, the mayor is like, oh, maybe it's baby sharks. You know, the baby sharks can come. You know, like there's all this <laughs> crazy dialogue and birds <laughs> and dead cats. And like there it's it, that was a lot of fun to score because it almost felt like it was bent for score to just be like popping its head up, but just very yeah. gently in between what was happening. And I mean, it was literally sitting in this room, like starting with one. Inst- I first started with the cello and just like hit record. And like probably just played three notes of which I probably trashed one of them at least. Um, and then picked up another instrument. I grabbed, uh, oh, the guitar own was another one in there. It's this like mariachi bass. So I picked that up and then start adding that in the scene. And it all just sort of progressed like almost the way a DJ would begin to introduce elements in like a, in a club. And so for me, that's like, if you hear it on the soundtrack, it's not terribly exciting, but it was really fun to do.
1: Then you add Truco's mustache, and
2: oh yeah, Truco's, really yeah, yeah. Michael up. Truco, uh, Mayor <laughs> Wade, he, uh, the, his mustache and Henry's mustache deserves its own TV show, actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no that that scene was i mean i remember i was watching it, i was like oh it's not cutting oh he's doing it again because like, <laughs> 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 you had that really amazing winner in uh in um the uh, haunted hill uh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah, yeah that one yeah oh that was a- i think that's the scene we broke down uh taylor at uh was it uh wonder i think it was something remember i was we were on a panel at yeah. uh, like convention center
1: i think that was the scene we we're breaking down i just remember that one being phenomenal as well so yeah <laughs> yep it's true yeah that and like the hands make mike you know gerald's game that the hand oh, gerald's he, game yeah
0: removing Oh of the skin he's there he's that
1: loving yeah oh yeah. Loving. yeah sorry yeah that's just like oh my god <laughs> guts me every time <laughs>
0: I love it when it's executed where it's not too showy that it doesn't like call too much attention to itself, but you're like, you're just like wrapped in the scene and it's just like oh, yeah. holding yeah. you and then it just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, coming up next, uh, you know, I think you're continuing this amazing collaboration. I think the Midnight Club is on the horizon. Is that yep. something that's coming up next? And I think Mike is also working on a, uh, the fall of the House of Usher, which is, bring him back to his Maryland roots with Edgar Allen Poe. And oh, yeah, and will you guys uh-huh. be joining him on that journey as well?
1: <laughs> we are. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, yeah. They're filming now.
0: Yeah. So, so very uh, I know you guys can't talk too much about it because everything is still being made, but uh, I can't wait for those two, especially. So, I mean, those are going to be fantastic series. And um, yeah, I mean, guys, thank you so much for, for chatting tonight, for, for taking us through Midnight Mass. And it's always such a pleasure to to catch up and and i'm a huge fan of your work so yeah (laughs) thank you very much we really appreciate
2: it yeah thank you it's it's always fun to nerd out about this stuff